0: so how's it hey <laughs> 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 all right uh, raymond happy thanks executive coming. producers happy i'm happy I'm we happy. have an absolute legend icon in the building
1: welcome to the show thank you very much Fresh uh, fan of the show um, I thanks, watch man. thanks man i really yeah, appreciate yeah. it and i in watch fact, i listen more than i watch because i'm always on the road so
0: i was gonna say like yeah and we'll get to that now because I was watching your show, yeah, and I'm like, man, that looks super cool. Congratulations! Thank you very what much. What a weekend! This looks like it's action, it's energy. Uh, tell you, us a bit more, man.
1: You, you know what? It's it's it's. I, I was dragged there kicking and screaming. Okay. So, um, John Savage from Podcast Network yep. sent me a proposal February last year, and I had a corporate job at the time, and I was miserable in the corporate job, but, you know, it gets... ninety-five. Well, pay the bills. You, you pay the bills, but, you know, your soul dies every <laughs> single day you're going there. Sure. Luckily, I was doing community upliftment stuff. Okay. And I've been passionate about that. Yeah, of course. I mean, my career has been built on building others. That's right. You know what I mean? So it was, it was you know, I didn't feel like I was too much like a fish out of water. Okay. Yeah, John sent the proposal. You know that John diligently, almost every three to six weeks called my office. Has he decided yet? Has he decided yet? Wow. Uh, I'd see his call and I would like, flip. I must answer John's call. A year later, I was like, John, I'm ready. The problem with me though is I am so, if I decide now that, for instance, I'm buying a car, I get it literally on the spot. Got you. So I was like, okay, we're doing a podcast. We wanted to shoot a pilot. Okay, we're shooting a pilot next week. We shot the pilot. I was like, no, I want this on YouTube tomorrow so <laughs> but it looks great man thank you very much man um i people tell me they enjoy the podcast i tell them i have a youtube show yeah that we happen to podcast because for me it's not just a podcast podcast so it's more just my little fetish of you know uh, tv my way sure yeah yeah um as someone
0: who's done the hard yards you were telling me about your campus radio experience um yes back in the day yes sir um now in this new space where youtube is king Mm -hmm. and podcasting is definitely on the rise yeah how do you feel you fit into this new space because you've always been a guy who's adapted with the times
1: you know what because i'm about using my voice to affect change It doesn't matter where the voice is. And in fact, it's bigger than radio or YouTube or anything else that I do. I'm always about how can I help the next person become a better version of themselves, or a better version of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, What can I do to make a certain community better off? Mm -hmm. What can I do to help someone think differently? Or change the way they view themselves, even or view the world. I've always been that guy. Sure. Um, from childhood almost. So, radio, I just in retrospect realized that it was just a platform. Yeah. That, you know, whether you believe in God or the guardian angels or the ancestors, that's the platform I was given on that journey. And then TV became another platform on that journey. DJing became a platform on that journey. Because even with DJing, until someone has come to you and told you how, the one song you played during your set was the difference between them ending it that day. You don't realize the power you wield, yeah. even just as a guy jockeying between records. You know what I mean? So so radio was part of the journey I am on to hopefully become a better person, but make the world a better place. I know it sounds all Kumbaya-ish, but I am genuinely about that, though. Got you. That, that if I can't... Like, a lot of the things I choose to do, if they don't tick certain boxes, I might not do them. And some of those boxes include, will it make a difference in someone's life? If it will, I will do it. So, yeah.
0: You speak about those platforms, and you've had
1: incredible platforms. The
0: Y, the Five, Metro, 947. It's about using that platform, as you said, effectively, but also at the same time, the team around you. And I've been privileged enough to be part of incredible teams. Sure. How important is that sort of connection with your team? Because I know you say radio and it is the mic at the end of the day. But Mm -hmm. it's an instant connection with an audience. And it really is that impact for me that made it so special.
1: I've never worked with anybody that I didn't create magic with. Mm-hmm. Including people that I might have heard. For instance, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how the Five FM team was built. Um, five FM called me, are you keen to join us? In fact, I made a joke when I was at the SABC. Um, I'd met Ernest Pilet in, in the in the in the in the foyer. He True. worked at Two Thousand at the time. That's right. And I stopped at the window at five to greet Gareth. <laughs> okay. Because my wife was working at SAFM. Yes. So yeah. I was going upstairs to anyway. You know, so I um, you know, told Ernest Pillay, listen. Um, I think I'm keen to come into this big, horrible building. (laughs) You know, who doesn't want to work in a bomb-proof building? Anyway, so um, I think a year or two later, eventually the move happened at five. And the way I built that team was I'd heard Catherine on um, the John Gilman show, um, when John Gilman Gilman was on breakfast. That's right, yeah. I'd heard Catherine, I think they were doing a walk to... I think they're doing a walk to KZN at the time. And I think she's just given birth. I think she was breastfeeding. I can't remember. But I fell in love with Catherine at that time. Okay. And she never left my mind. So in my mind, it was, if ever I work at five, I want to work with that woman. Yeah. So that's how that team was built. But I've never worked with a team that I feel can't work because I strongly believe as long as you give people enough rope to be themselves, uh, don't have them on a tether. Don't make them feel like they must pussyfoot around you. Don't make them feel like your ego is so fragile. If you put their mic on, they might take your thunder away. If you put all the ego behind you, then you're inviting magic to happen in the room. Yeah. Because nobody feels like, oh, Flip, I can't say this, it might upset him. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want eggshells. You, you don't want eggshells, and you don't want people not giving you 100%. Yeah. And And that's why I am never afraid of letting people shine when I work with them. Because I understand, the, I understand exactly what I bring, and none of them will bring what I bring, and I fully get that. Hence, I am comfortable in letting them bring everything that they can, so that at the end of the day, the audience are on some, I wish I was part of that team. Yeah. They they, they, they are so at ease with, with one another. At least if not on the team, I'm glad I, I'm, I'm a fly on the wall. And a lot of radio show hosts I feel get it wrong, and that they make it so much about themselves that they forget to allow everyone else to shine. Because when you shine, we we'll all shine.
0: Exactly. You know, the,
1: the, the whole show starts. You know, we're, we're pumping because we're all feeling like I want to be here. Yeah. I want to go to work because I'm not working with um, someone that, that that you know that's gonna um, I'm, I'm, I'm dim my my base because he wants his voice to be the big that's voice. Right. So so I've always worked with kick-ass teams, and I guess. The downside to some of the teams I've worked with is because I want to work with people that want to be better than me, often they move on to do other things, yeah. which obviously means we've built and then they move on. And I don't have a problem with that. I'd rather build someone to be the best broadcaster they could possibly be and move on than keep someone who five years later says, well, am I still here? Yeah. You, know, you know, what's next for me? So yeah, I want people who want to be better than me. To work with me, otherwise, I don't want to work with you because, like, why are you here? Exactly, you need to push me. And one of the reasons I've been in the industry as long as I have been is because I'm not afraid to mentor younger talent, yeah. Because the younger talent has the fire, the younger talent reminds you who you used to be mm-hmm. and forces you to pull thumb and to deliver, yeah. So, minus the younger talent and the you know, the yapping little uh, uh, poodle, if you may, um, you become complacent, yeah, and before you know it, it's over. You always had a commanding presence. Like, uh, it's, I mean,
0: I remember when Five announced you, mm. were, you were coming. Yeah. It, that was a huge coup for them. It was massive at the time. And it was like the whole place started buzzing, man. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I remember you walking in and I was like, there's the present. Everyone's like, oh, my God, that's fresh. It yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. just like everything just lifted another level. It was yeah. such an
1: exciting time, man. It was an incredible time. It was a nightmare for me, though. Um, <laughs> I'll, ex- I'll explain. Um <laughs> Be- because there was no social media at the time yeah the only social media going back here, hey? yeah <laughs> wow the only social media we really had was biz community whatever article they put up mm. was where people commented That's and whatever right. and i think one of the most commented on articles that year that i moved to five um was my move to five and there was like um outrage <laughs> Um, <laughs> especially from white males, sure, who felt like, but who is this black oak coming into our space? It must be. We a want f- session Ian. <laughs> it must be. It must be affirmative action. Uh, we're turning into a Zimbabwe, you know. So yeah. I dealt with a lot of that, sure. And as soon as I entered the building, a lot of it started being directed li- uh, directed at me personally. So I I still have an email inbox of all the hate mail I got. What? Yeah, and and one of the reasons I've kept it is. More than half of them um, sent an email five, six, 12 months later apologizing, saying, oh, okay, we had no idea you were coming here to kick ass. You know, we thought you were just an affirmative wow. action appointee, or whatever whatever these people yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, So because of the drama that came with that move, um, I finished my contract at Y in March. But because my contract at Y ran until end of June, uh, bastards, um You know that's how you keep people there. You make it such that when the radio calendar starts, they're still in contract. That's right. Anyway, so they had to take me off air, and but for three months I was on gardening leave. Oh wow! So for three months I was at home getting paid. Every single night of those three months, I had a dream messing up at five. Really? Every single night but you kicked ass it became, five, it became such man. a dude i think five fm uh, the fresh drive some of the best radio i've ever made yeah um had an incredible team uh we were driven i mean we'd meet every day by 1 p.m we're meeting uh prepping the show coming up with skits lampooning whatever's happening around us <laughs> and and we became those guys i mean um i know there's a political science uh, lecturer at vitz who made some of our skits part of his lectures. What? Uh, just about what social commentary is. Fantastic. And, and how you flip things into uh, skits, lampooning ourselves yeah. and life around us. And I often listen to some of the skits we made back then. I don't know how we didn't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how we got away with half of the stuff we put out. Is that because you think
0: people looked at you guys as friends around a table. You know what I'm saying? That you, you often have to break down radio as it's a conversation around a table yep. over a coffee.
1: You know what? I think it was that, but also I don't think at a political level, 5FM was taken seriously as a brand. Mm. It was treated as the white kids who play and listen to loud music (laughs) in the corner. (laughs) Absolutely. You know what I mean? So a lot of the stuff that we did, had we done it on Metro, for instance, would have been a different story because Metro has always been a political animal. It has. But because Five was treated as that weird kid, uh you know with 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 black lipstick and 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 um bit of a goth vibe goth vibe (laughs) you know emo vibe um i don't think we're taken seriously at a political level that's probably why we got away with as much as we did but i'm also glad that we did because we pushed the envelope at a level that i don't think radio will ever get to do again in this country because everyone is now sensitive all of a sudden, we're just sensitive. All of a sudden, we want to cancel everyone. Yeah. All of a sudden, we, d- we we forget how complex human beings are. That CS is not black or white. Uh, you know, CS is a complex human being. Yeah. We can't just uh, say, okay, CS is anti-this, therefore we hate him. Yeah, uh, CS might be anti-this, but he might kick ass at something else that we ought to pay attention to. Sure. But you know, I, I think social media has bullied the world into uh, taking a side I with everything. You. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, i know in some parts of the world they're trying to outlaw cancel culture yeah you know and and i think that is something that is still this dark stain on everything at the moment Mm. which brings me to your point there radio in south africa right now as someone who's done radio and you've earned your stripes Mm. you've earned Mm. your credibility you've earned your awards sure how do you summarize radio in south africa right now because i do agree with you i think that
1: censorship yeah
0: is very prevalent at and, the and,
1: and a lot of it is self-censorship because you now fear treading in case upset someone um i feel um, radio broadcasters have become you know radio has always been a giant of a medium but broadcasters right now feel like these giants that are afraid to walk in case they hurt the ants mm. You know, and the answer. Well I like, said, and the answer on some. Just give us good radio. Give us good radio. You know, but we're like, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to. <laughs> so, so that's what it feels like. But a lot of it, I also blame on lazy management. I listen to radio all the time. I listen to a lot of radio stations. Ninety percent of the people on the radio right now are not memorable, and they'll never become radio household names. They'll never, simply because they're not only safe. And I'm not saying do dangerous radio. Yeah. I'm not say, you know, be a Howard Stern. Yeah, shock jock. You know, don't. You yeah. don't have to be a shock jock, mm. but also put in a bit of an effort, man. Sure. And and I think one of the reasons a lot of us have remained memorable is because we were doing radio before the internet was a big deal. So we were forced to create a radio show. You tuned in because you knew, you know, the so-called theater of the mind is going to blow your mind. You knew that. I'm tuning in because I've got all the music they're playing. I'm not here for the music. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the kids are listening to music six months before radio plays them. Absolutely. So make no mistake, they're not there for your music. Our music sucks on radio. <laughs> but if your mind is such that it'll have someone f- think about how, I didn't think of it that way, then you're going to have an audience for life. You're going to have a fan for life. I mean, I mean, f- f- uh, I was you know chatting with Robert Marawa the other day about how if you ask ChatGPT, most influential radio um, personalities in South Africa, the top ten has five people that are not on radio anymore. You know? And it includes myself, Gareth Cliff, Ridi Claby, uh, John Robbie. I can't remember who else. Every time you ask it, that question. That's amazing. Um, at least five of us in the top ten that haven't been broadcasting for years. I've been off radio for, what, two years now? Yeah. Three years. I won ra- two radio awards while I was off radio. <laughs> because... <laughs> We understand why you must be impactful yeah. and memorable on the radio. Don't waste people's time. Like, why am I listening to uh, you play a song, come on, because you want to hear your voice, and then play another song? And and I'm from the school of radio that says, if what you're about to say when you put on the mic is not better than the next song, play the next song. Absolutely. So, so, so I think people have stopped being creative, and managers have continued what they've always done. Radio was great 15 years ago, not because management was great, but we understood why we had to make great yeah. radio. Yeah. But because now, uh, people are getting away with murder, we're realizing how bad radio management is. I mean, I listen to, like I said, I listen to radio all the time, and I'm like, how did that? Why are they not listening to you? Yeah. Why are they not um, listening to your Snoop tape. I mean. Um, the only radio manager I think ever got it right at a programming level is probably Grant Nash, okay? Because every, I mean, I've worked probably under five different program directors. Grant Nash every single week calls the team and we listen back to the to the show. And he doesn't do it because he wants to show us he's the boss. Yeah, he does it because he's so passionate about radio. He wants you to do it right. And 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 you know Grant Nash is that manager that doesn't you know wrap you over the knuckles. He shows you another way you could have done it. That's right. So that you realize that oh I need to think a bit wider, or oh yes I could have done it that way. And I think that's why you know Grant not working at any radio station right now is a big loss for radio. Absolutely. But I'm glad he's doing a lot of consulting. Yeah. Because he's he's, he's an incredible radio mind. Uh, he, so, student of the game sort yes, of thing. yeah, yeah. absolutely so, so i think radio management is lacking and that is why we are not creating household names like we did 10 15 um, 20 years ago yeah yeah I, it, I, i'm hearing a ton of voices none of them are memorable they, I, I don't want to come back yeah i was going to i ask don't want do to come it? back i don't i miss the impact that radio affords you to be able to mm-hmm. make I don't one thing I realized though the minute I wasn't on radio was how much of my time it took up. Yeah. Because when you're on radio, your mind is on twenty four seven. You're thinking about tomorrow's show. You're thinking, Oh Flip, next week that June. can work. Next yeah next, yeah, 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 yeah next week is June sixteen. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. The following week is this, what are we doing then? So you're literally thinking prep. 24-7. People think radio is you're there for three hours but if we listen to the time you spoke it's probably like 15 minutes of talk. Exactly. Your mind is on 24-7. That's what radio does to you. I don't miss that.
0: Um, I think getting back to what you were saying about radio and the impact yeah. for me what I always found was that I loved it when people said I was late for an appointment yeah. because I had to sit in my car and listen to the end of a link yeah. to find out what Fresh or Gareth yes. was saying. Yeah. And people, I think, to a large extent, take that for granted these yep, days. Yep. And that doesn't maybe happen in radio. There are, I, I must be honest, like, I still think there are one or two people out there that are making good radio at the moment. Um, yep. and, I, and I think, like, someone like Anele is doing uh, amazing things. Yep, yep. Um, but what radio, in my opinion, has become is a commercial advertising machine. And there are brands that are doing it very well. Mm. But they also reduce the, the talk time. And it's all about the music the competitions and the exposure.
1: You, you, you know what? Because radio, unfortunately, is a business and a science. Yeah. You know, you have to find where the two intersect, so that you don't take too much away, you know, from the listener. But I'm all for take talk time away if that's what you need to do. But as long as it forces your radio talent to use that time the way. Yeah. People have become so lazy. That they don't understand how powerful a one-minute link can be. Yeah. They don't understand how powerful throwing forward to something in an hour and delivering on that promise is. That's right. And people, people, people live for those moments. People live for those moments that they know that you know. Every time I pass this shell garage, I know that I'm going to hear, you know, uh, phone calls. That's uh, right. I mean, I mean, Gareth Cliff took a very simple thing, taking three or four phone calls. Turned into a massive feature, yeah, w- right. with, with a theme song, absolutely. But for instance, when I was driving my kids to school, I knew that if um, 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 um Leanne singing phone calls, we're taking phone <laughs> calls. If by the time she's singing that, yeah, I haven't passed a certain bridge, my kids are late. <laughs> exactly. Y- you know what I mean? So, so um, you know, intentional benchmarking. Mm. And, like I said, promising people um something in a link and delivering and giving it to them um um thinking out the box, giving people another perspective. I mean, a lot of people I know personally didn't like Gareth, yeah, but they tuned in absolutely because he challenged the way you viewed the world. He challenged the way you viewed things around you so 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 I think radio is missing a lot of that right now, yeah,
0: yeah, is podcasting in this time now where we are taking that space in your opinion, or do you think? Look, Gareth and them have been doing it for a couple of years now with yeah. Tip Central. Yeah. Um, you, you've just started. Um, mm. I'm dipping my toes into
1: it. Yeah. Um, Dude, you're ankle deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're still learning to yeah. walk though. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Is that potentially in the South African context a gap to be filled or?
1: Do you think so? Unfortunately, or fortunately for radio, I don't think radio is in trouble by any stretch of the imagination. And, and I mean, we thought the same um, when MTV, at the advent of uh, MTV, that radio is in trouble. Yeah. Um, the iPod, like, oh, radio is in trouble. Um, radio is immediate. And your average human being just wants to get into their car flip a switch, and there's the favorite um, radio station. So I think podcasting has will never fill that gap. Uh, podcasting will never fill the, 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 the immediacy of radio convenience. Um, but podcasting definitely has a place in society because now you're talking to only the people that understand what, it, what you're about. So for instance, every radio manager I've worked under will tell you that I never gave a damn about the numbers or how many people are listening. You know, we'd be told, oh, the show numbers grew. And I always tell them, I actually don't care. Yeah, am, I d- am I doing enough to get you the audience you need? That's all I want to know. Yeah, they're Because they're your boss, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and them be my boss aside, my brand of radio will never change for any manager. So this is what I bring. Mm. Does it work for you? If it works for you, rah, rah, we're all happy. Exactly. So, so I've always been that guy in terms of my radio that my brand of radio will never, never change. Whether I'm at, that's why a lot of people thought me moving from YFM to 5FM would be a difficult transition. But the only thing that changed was the music. That's right. Everything else was the exact same guy that you heard on YFM. The laugh. <laughs> that's too. Because and and, that people were like, have you heard Fresh's laugh? You know, this guy's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild how something as simple as how you laugh yeah. is the difference for someone sitting in traffic.
0: That's it's, very it, true. It's, it's 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 it's
1: the wildest thing, but again it's, those are some of the things we take for granted as broadcasters. Yeah. That something as simple as that is again the difference between whether my day is going to end really crappy or whether you're going to lift me up a bit because I've had a crappy day yeah. already. Exactly. You know, so 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 yeah, what was the question again? No, I was just saying that
0: sort of uh, space with podcasting now and yeah. I agree with you that it it's it, it so, dovetails in a, in a way,
1: yeah, it, it dovetails in a way, but yeah. So like I was saying, so podcasting is I'm a CS fan, mm. and I love the way CS thinks and his take on things. And I know that I've seen a Robert interview um, on another channel, but because it's CS, i want to watch this Robert interview because mm. I know I'm going to get out of it what I didn't from another interview. Yeah. Podcasting allows that, allows you to have your niche market that you cater to, but of, obviously with most good podcasts you bring your friends along you do that have you heard CS's uh, latest interview you know people tune in they're like oh I like the CS guy what else has he done yeah, yeah and then they go back and listen to that so I think there's <clears throat> excuse me so I think there's an opportunity there uh, in terms of what podcasting can offer yeah but I don't think radio is in trouble and as long as uh, data costs are what they are radio will be safe for a very yeah. long time
0: and you have a captive audience <clears> yeah, absolutely. Dreadful highways. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Fresh, um, I've got to ask you, like in terms of the, the, the music space that you're mo- at the moment, DJing is obviously such a huge, and creating music and, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. What excites you at the moment?
1: What, what sort of puts that fire in your belly in terms of music at the moment in South Africa? You, you know, what I'm enjoying, especially not being on radio, is how much time I now have for studio. Hmm. So we set up a studio with a friend of mine, uh, Shona, Shona S.A. And we are literally in studio every day. That's so cool. Just making music. Obviously, he, he more than me sure. because I've got other things that I'm doing and then I'm gigging. Then I've got a project in Botswana that I'm working on and, and raising five kids at the same time. So, you know, so my, 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 my hands are full. Yeah, that diary's busy. <clears throat> yeah. But having said that, like I was saying, um, just the ability to create music. Yeah. It's something I couldn't do when I was on radio because I was spending so much time on the right. radio. I couldn't do the gigs I want to do because I was spending so much time on the radio. I mean, I did a lot of gigs, especially in Europe in the early 2000s, but I'd have to take time off radio. Mm. And when there started being some sort of momentum, I realized that for me to do this properly, I'd need to quit radio, but I wasn't willing to quit radio. Yeah. And, and a part of me wishes I'd stepped out like a bit earlier. Sure. To explore all these other things that I, I can now do, because you know God knows where which direction my life could have taken. But I'm, I've zero regrets about it. But like I said, um, studio time uh, lights my fire right now. Raising kids, yeah, it's 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 an extreme sport. Don't don't try <laughs> to, don't try it at home, kids. <laughs> um, what else? Um, yeah, searching for new talent. I'm I'm, okay. I'm still that guy. Yeah. that wants to hear the new voice, the new DJ that wants to put them on where I can. That, that wants to promote them where I can, yeah. um, because I'm just I'm a sucker for making someone else's life, um, you know, change for the better. Good for you, man. I'm, I'm I'm that guy, like I said. So so yeah. So people still like I remember, <laughs> I, I'd never forget.
0: I I think I was filling in at some point. And yeah, there were guys standing outside <coughs> the Five FM studios with CDs, mm-hmm. giving you. Um. Yeah. samples of what they were up to and it, sometimes there was like 10 or 12 people yeah. even more yeah. is that still happening for you it's obviously <laughs> and, easier and, now and,
1: and and I'll tell you why that was happening because they understood that I have an open door policy that I'm able to assist I'm able to I mean I mean I look back at careers that I helped take to the heights at which they the got to yeah. you know whether it's someone like euphonic or cleo or dj Spoo, or Kent, Dino Bravo. Um, or oh, household names, man. I, I could I could list easily 500 to 1,000 DJs, and artists, and musicians, singers, that I have assisted one way or another, and often they came to me because they knew I would not have a problem being that guy. I got you. And also because they understood that I'm not threatened by that talent. I'm not threatened by how good they are. Um, you'll never be me, but, but all means, I'm not going to give up an opportunity or pass up an opportunity to help you be a better you. Absolutely. You know, so I have zero regrets about how many people I've put on, how much time I've taken to help build other people's lives, other people's careers. Um, flip, I mean, I've put over 2,000 kids through Varsity. That's amazing. Uh, through through my foundation. And again, it's part of who I am. It's part of my journey. It's part of my legacy. Um, and, 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 you know, there's the proverbial on your deathbed as your life is flashing in front of you. What are you going to see? I'm going to see a fresh economy that I've created. I'm going to see an economy of people that have become taxpayers, often at a very high level. And I had a hand in that. Yeah. For me, if your legacy is nowhere near how many lives you've affected, is there a legacy? No. You know, so so that's that, that, that. No, that's that's who I am. So I still get people at gigs giving me. That's amazing. Gigs. Now it's memory sticks, <laughs> yeah. or what's your email address? I may I send say. you something? <laughs> or it's a DM. Yeah. But I am listening to about two hundred new songs a week. Oh wow! About two hundred new songs a week. And
0: talent-wise, what have you made of it? Are, are, should we
1: be excited about this talent? there's, there's a ton of talent, okay. especially um, house music producers. Mm-hmm. We have some of the best in the world. And a lot of them are starting to be heard by the world, which is, which is for me, that's it's, it's long overdue. Yeah. But there's a ton of talent, bro. That's great. I mean, I do a mixtape of brand new music every week, and I only fit about 20 songs per mix, but I'm getting 100 a week. That's 100, crazy. 100 a week. And the gigs, I mean, are you still
0: like... I, I've never been in your position, yeah. but I understand and can <laughs> respect. Yeah. You play a tune... However many thousand people mm-hmm. in the venue, wherever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. suddenly go to that next level.
1: Yeah. That connection is real. Sure. Listen, it's 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 an incredible high that I don't again take for granted. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm still gigging more than I mean. The Durban July is coming up. At the Durban July, oh, it's crazy. At the Durban July alone <laughs> on race day, I've got four gigs. Just wow. On, just on race day, I'm doing four marquees, and it's because I love what I do. Yeah. I mean. And I always say, be careful what you prevent your kids from doing, because often you're killing a dream and it's in infancy. So, for instance, I look back at my DJ career from about grade one, my parents allowed me to collect music. I wanted music. I'd literally say, I want a record, and they'd get me the record. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd ask for cassette tapes so I could record music on the radio or I could transfer music from um, vinyl to cassette. Yeah. I mean, I remember in grade three, mm-hmm. it was the last day of the second term and Mrs. Jones, our grade three teacher, um, on the last day we were allowed mm-hmm. to you know, either read books or play with Lego or whatever it is you're doing or read your favorite book and she'd play music in the background. And I remember coming up to Mrs. Jones and asking if I could play some of my music. This is in grade three. That's amazing. And (laughs) I remember I played my music. And as my, you know, so each song that plays next on a cassette that I compiled, I'd look around to see how the other kids are responding. (laughs) I I, I think the DJ career was probably born then. Absolutely. But it's only in retrospect that you realize what it was. So still in primary school, I'd always invite my friends to come over and I'd play them my records. That's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. And so by the time... I got to high school. Um, I was known as the kid with all the cassette tapes. Um, this was in, at the time, it was form one, which was what grade seven? Yeah, is yeah. it grade seven now? Grade, 8? Grade, 8? Grade, grade eight? Grade eight? Grade yeah. eight? Yeah, grade eight. or standard six. All standard, standard six. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so by so by the time I got to boarding school, I was known as the kid with all the music. Okay. So by grade, so standard seven. Was a grade nine, right? Yeah, that's right. Or grade eight, grade eight. No, grade nine. Grade nine. Um, there was a, an opportunity for me to DJ at a school social, or school disco as it was called. And I took it with both I didn't even blink. <laughs> I, I knew I had the music. That was it. I didn't blink. So some of my fondest memories of specific songs from my high school years are linked to memories of responses from the crowd in that hall at school as kids were losing their minds. Awesome. You know what I mean? That's um, cool. I mean, I remember the one school disco, um, because I went to an international um, um, school, so we had kids from all over the world. So the school disco literally, in my DJing, I'd be playing, um, 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 I'd go from Bon Jovi to Brenda Fussy, mm-hmm. to U2, to LL Cool J. I mean, we're literally playing music, like across awesome. the board. Yeah. <laughs> And 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 some of my fondest memories and realizing the power of the tune were built in that disco hall in, in high school. That's amazing. And that's when I realized that I think I like this. I think I love this. Invite. I could do this. Exactly. So by the time I was done with uh, my matric, there was kind of buzz about this kid with music, blah, 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 blah. And I got my first gig, my first paying gig for 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um the easter weekend after i finished my metric um i got my first gift 50 the bucks. greatest thing ever i'm getting yeah. paid to do what i love and what did i do with the 50 bucks i reinvested it in more cassettes so i could record more music <laughs> <You> See, exactly <laughs> so so as this is building i'm realizing <laughs> that i'm building a career here yeah. and a year later out of you know out of high school i auditioned for a radio gig which i also get but but looking back i realized that it was written i believe yeah that this is what I will do one your day. Your destiny. I did an under 18s party about four years ago. And a kid, I call him a kid because we were kids at the time. A kid I was in high school with was dropping off his under 18 kid.
0: Wow. And
1: and we laughed about the fact that they thought it was just a hobby for me. And he's talking about how it's wild that you made me dance in high school. And now my kid is your biggest fan coming to your, that's cool. to the social you're playing at. That's cool. And, and that's how far you can take it with anything, yeah. if you put enough of your passion and time and sweat, tears, and everything else behind it, and that's what I've done. Yeah, and, and that, that's where the fresh brand was pretty much born. Absolutely, I mean, um, uh, the fresh name was born in primary school, um, as, a, as as a nickname. Okay, but by the time I was done with primary school, even the teachers were calling me fresh. <laughs> okay. So when the DJing started, it was you know I had a name already. So it just went with that name. So, so yeah. But the impact of what we do mm. is, I mean, I often tell a story about uh, um, you know a girl I met at Cresta Shopping Mall um, a year after I dropped Fresh House Flavor Four. So this was in two thousand and one, and she saw me. She broke down and cried, and told me how Fresh House Flavor Four carried her through her rehab.
0: Wow! That she
1: listened to that album the whole day. Every day. That's amazing. And that she doesn't know how far she would have gone in her rehab if she didn't have that music. Make it more the real than that. Exactly. I, I'll, I'll give another example. I did a gig in Pretoria at 012, a place called 012 Lifestyle. I think it was November. What, November? And on the Monday, I got an email from a guy saying, because of a song that I played and the euphoria in the room, and now everyone was just having a good time. That night was when he was going to kill himself. No. Because of that one song, because of that one song, he decided that, you know what, maybe life's worth living. Life's just one more day. Let me just put in one more day. So that's the impact you Ow. can have yeah. and that's the impact you do have. Yeah. But often again, we piss all over it. We take it for granted. We don't show up on time for work. We don't prep and we don't take it seriously. Mm. Uh, for some people, this is just a popularity contest. Yeah. For me, it's, I want to change lives. And I've done that for 30 years, 31 years, and I'm not going to stop. So, yeah.
0: Um, uh, that's interesting because I think there's also a lot of <coughs> broadcasters mm-hmm. who are influencers, mm-hmm. who people assume will naturally be broadcasters. Mm-hmm. I maintain broadcasters are born and it's a, it's a talent that you have that comes from within. Yeah. You don't have to be that eccentric person. Sure. A lot of broadcasters are introverts.
1: Yes. But. And uh, law when, school dropouts. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's a few. Yeah. I know a few. Yeah, I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> but when they get behind a mic or in front of a camera, yeah. magic happens. Yes. And they just feel that's their space. Yes, absolutely. Does that apply to you too in terms of, did you just sort of, I mean, I know you've told me now from primary school, but mm. when you first got behind that sure Mike USA sure. campus radio station, yeah. did you just feel like this is it? This is, I belong here?
1: The weirdest thing is I am an introvert. Mm. And if I could do all of this anonymously, I'd prefer that over the spotlight. I feel the same way. If, if people didn't know who the hell I was, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. As long as I still have the same impact. Mm because of what they hear, then I'm, then I'm happy. I'm, I'm more than happy to be anonymous, bro. As, <laughs> as, as long as the impact happens. And even just before the mic, uh, before getting behind the mic, I remember grade 10. Um, best friend of mine relocated to Norway. Uh, we were 15 at the time, and I remember we promised each other because they were relocating for good. And it was probably one of my first heartbreaks a uh, boy of mine leaving the country. <laughs> and uh, we promised that we're going to send each other music every couple of months. So he'll send me some of the you know, new pop stuff from Europe, and I'll send him some of the new local stuff, whether it's Brenda Fassi, Stimela, etc. Yeah. But we did it by way of radio shows. Wow! So we were literally creating little radio shows of the brand. So I'd tell him, you know, this is the brand <laughs> new cool. whatever, whatever. And we put that on tape. Amazing. So I was already making demos um, when I was 15. You were ahead of the game, man. I, I was ahead of the, game. <laughs> and, of the and, game. And again, it's in looking back that you realize that the path you're on is directly linked to most things that you did. Yeah. But again, we never see life like that. That's why I'm hardly ever surprised at the people that make it in this industry, especially people that I met when we were kids, It's never a surprise that they make it or that we intersect at a certain place Mm. because we were on that journey all the time, whether intentionally or not, but we made it to the point we got to because of all the things we did before. Now imagine if we encouraged our kids to do that, to be intentional about everything from childhood and not say, no, don't do that, that's for girls, or don't do that, that's for boys, or don't do that because uh, we don't do that in our culture. Can you imagine if we cultivated every dream every kid had from childhood. How much happier adults would we have? Or how, how many more happier adults would have if we did that? Knowing what we know based on where we are in our lives. Infinite. Everywhere, that, anywhere that you are in your life right now yeah. is where you, it's exactly where you're meant to be. Yeah. Based on everything. You've done. It's hard to accept that though
0: at yeah. times. And yeah. I'm particularly one of those people that I'm constantly striving to be better. Yes. All the time. Yes. And, it's a blessing and a curse, and I'm yes. sure the same applies. But you mentioned that in South Africa right now, mm. we have so many different challenges, and we have had for many years now. Yeah. And that impact you spoke of mm. and how you change person's mood or something mm. like that, what do you make of South Africa at the moment? Because as someone who prides himself on mm. being the guy to lift people, yeah. there's
1: almost an added responsibility during mm. these dark times. You know what, first things first, I don't think, I I need to be careful how I phrase this. There are a lot of doomsayers out there that have almost thrown the country in the dustbin already. And I think South Africans and Africans generally are very resilient and have always made a plan, with or without a government, with or without great leadership. Um, And that the village often finds a way of thriving with or without a great chief or a leader or a king. So I'm not panicked about where the country is right now. So the load shedding, the rand? Y- you know what, I think we deserve better leaders, Okay. but then again, you get the leaders that you deserve. Because we'll put, those yep. are the people that you entrusted with your vote. And despite the fact that maybe they failed to deliver the first time, you give them another chance. It's almost like a, a battered partner syndrome that, all oh, they'll change or they'll do better. And, you know, sadly in politics, uh, you know, what the politician shows you of themselves the first time is exactly who they are. But we don't learn. We don't learn. We don't learn. But having said that, though, I think South Africans are very resilient and yep. will get past it. Um, I was in Nigeria for the first time in 2000. And you'd be lucky to get power for four days, four hours in a day, four hours in a day. You'd it's be lucky shocking, to get power. Yeah. Um, they've gone on to become the biggest uh, economy on the continent. Yeah, they've passed be, us because of their resilience. Yeah. And and you know Nigerians and West Africans by their nature are very like the the. I think they're the extreme side of go getters. There's no country you go to in the world. Where you won't find a nigerian community yeah. and i'm not talking about guys that are there to do bad things or educated people um, academics yeah. university professors any country in the world you'll find highly educated nigerians making a plan yeah. likewise with zimbabweans um, there's a ton of zimbabweans literally all over the world that as soon as uh, mugabe started what he was doing and they felt that i need to get out of here they went any country you go to, you'll find highly educated, um, highly productive Zimbabweans out there, uh, you know, making a difference. Yeah. And um, you know, sadly, the only thing that will change Zim is if they decide we've had enough, we're coming home, and we're going to be the difference. That's right. Until that happens, nothing is going to change. You, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and and unfortunately, the world can only support you to this point. Yeah. What are you doing past this point? And 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 I think the resilience and the we will make shit happenness about South Africans is what got South Africans to 1994 yeah because the world said we're behind you but you also need to run the race yourselves yeah and and so i think based on that muscle memory of where we come from this shouldn't be a big deal we yeah. can we can get through this but we also need to know when to say enough is enough we deserve better yeah and 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 again it doesn't have to be the latest revolutions are not even about spilling blood and causing mayhem the latest revolutions about collectively saying we've had enough dude we want someone else now yeah and other african countries have proven that you can have regime change uh, peacefully i mean it's, it's sad what's happening in senegal uh, given that uh, what a, a term or two ago they had a peaceful transition yeah Zambia have had peaceful transitions for the last uh, 15 years. Zambians don't take cuck. Yeah. If, 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 if they feel a president is not delivering, they vote in the next you gotta go. exactly. And, and I think when we get to the point where we are comfortable in the uncomfortable change, then we'll fly as a country. Right now, I feel like we are, again, afraid of what we don't know. So we'd rather stick with what we do know, whether it's mediocre or not. And And, and the levels at which we will fly as a country... Is directly linked to how much mediocrity we tolerate or not. Yeah. And right now we're tolerating a lot of mediocrity. Too much. We're tolerating a lot of people doing just enough to keep the job, just enough to pass the course. That's right. Just enough to keep your job. Um, Levels of excellence are not what they ought to be. And I don't know how we change that in people. I don't know how we instill that in kids and in adults that you need to wanna be the best to be the best. Absolutely. Nobody's the best by mistake. No. Uh, you know, there's 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 a saying: nothing great on the planet was created by mistake. Okay, maybe meat, fried meat, and toast, because maybe they fell on a fire. <laughs> it's like, oh, this tastes different, but it's nice. We'll take it. It <laughs> will take it. But everything great, yeah, happened intentionally. Yes. And until we uh, we we we, we internalize that as as a nation. We'll continue getting mediocre leaders. We'll continue doing mediocre things. We'll continue giving mediocre service. Uh, when you're serving someone at the till or at a restaurant or whatever it is,
0: I agree with you. And that mindset change has to, like, we go to a restaurant and we'll often sit and we'll work on something with a coffee or whatever. Yeah. And I, it's almost this expectation of ten percent, and and that's where your point is. It's yeah. the service can be absolutely rubbish, but the waiter still wants ten percent. Yeah. And it's not, not how it works. It should be that I want to give you the 10% yeah. because you've exceeded my expectations. But whose,
1: whose responsibility is it then to instill that in everyone, that you, you have to want to it's be the best? It's a collective and And again, it's something I preach all the time, that unless you want to be the best at what you do, regardless of whether it's in a job you hate or not, you'll only ever fly so high. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back, again, to what I'm saying. Where you are in life, more often than not, you have earned. More often than not. right? Obviously, other people have circumstances that they have to deal with. But more often than not, how much work you've put into something will show with where you are in your life at that moment in time.
0: It has a way of separating the wheat from the chaff, as they say.
1: Absolutely. And why can't we all be wheat? Why can't we all be wheat? And we can can be. And and, and we can be. But again, even like, for instance, with, 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 with our current education system, where we are almost... Education has become those that can remember and regurgitate better than others... They pass. ...are our favorites. Yeah, exactly. We don't care... The level of understanding, the level of comprehension, uh, the level of critical thinking that went into the answer that you gave. In fact, oh, you're not a critical thinker. Good, we like you. Yeah, it's 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 almost like everything is being dumbed down. Cookie cutter. Yes, yeah. the, the electorate is being dumped yeah. down. Um, why are we not teaching kids critical thinking? Uh, you know, in 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 school, I why guess. are kids not being taught project management as a non-negotiable? Can you imagine if we taught project management as a course? Oh man from primary school because your entire life is a project absolutely your school projects are projects yeah you know what your i mean day is a project. your day is a project <laughs> yeah. but what do we do we don't teach project nah. management nah. as a non-negotiable how does that make sense yeah why are we not teaching our kids to encouraging them to be critical thinkers i mean you know for my uh for my own sins uh, we have tried to encourage our kids to be critical thinkers obviously it comes back and bites you absolutely because then they back chat but dad yeah exactly but i'd rather my child is not afraid Mm -hmm. to call me out so that when they go out into the world yeah they have that as a baseline that i will call something out if i feel it's not right right. i'll call something out if i feel that no but i deserve better or you didn't speak to me in a way that i feel is appropriate your kids should be able to do that with you yeah if they can't do it with you as a parent where should they do it where they're going to learn it? Yeah, exactly. How they're going to survive in the world? If even at home you're muzzled, if the man or woman I love as my parent doesn't allow me to express myself, how's a stranger going to allow me to express myself? Exactly. You yeah. know. So I think as parents we have a massive responsibility, yeah. and unfortunately we almost expect the schools to parent for us. Yeah. We expect the kids to be taught by the teachers, uh, whether it's about sex or about homosexuality or about religion or about this. The difficult topics. The difficult Absolutely. topics that parenting, those should be the cornerstones of yeah. your parenting. Yeah. Um, I'm, 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 you know, teaching your kids how to live in the world that we're in. So that when they go out there, they're ready for the world. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's wild how I even look at some of the women that I grew up with as girls. That the fire they had when we were in primary school is not the same in their womanhood. Yeah. It's almost like, especially with girl children, we—it's almost like whack a mole, that every time the head comes up, like no, shut up. Yeah, uh-uh, in the corner. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 and, if we'd allowed that loud kid to continue being loud but measured, they'd be a totally different adult. So a lot of adults out there are are kids that were thriving that have now become adults that have settled. That again, I'm mediocre, but it's okay. Yeah. At least I have a house. Yeah, I'm comfortable. Um, at least I have a meal. Yeah. At least I have that. So, so I'm all for. Let's change the way we're doing things. Let's change the way we're thinking. Yeah. Let's and let's not be afraid. Yeah. Of the change. Change is good. Change is, change can be good. Yeah. DJ <laughs> <laughs> Fresh, we're gonna have
0: to leave it there. We could speak for hours. No man, I no, love done. the passion. We're done, man. Jeez. My theory is. I want to try and keep it sort of 45 minutes okay. because that's most people's commute. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So yes that's yes, kind yes, of the yes. thinking. But what, what still. About, what about
1: the guy going to Widbank? No, the well, then
0: he's going to have to listen to another episode. <laughs> 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 it's been a, an absolute honor and privilege. And Thank as I so say, so much, I'm a huge man. fan. And you, you keep up the amazing work and changing lives because we need more people like you in South Africa.
1: Thank you so much.